Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. No, 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 no. <laughs> the Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the GSPN Milwaukee Bucks, Bucks Heat Game 2 post-game podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, you may notice a number 24 behind me. It's back. On an, back. On an unrelated note to that, really great Pat Connaughton game tonight. We'll talk about it. I'm Ty Windish, joined by my Eurostep co-host Rohan Kadi. Winning six his own, Jordan Tresky and... Jordan Tresky's Talk of the Tundra fellow, the newest GSPN podcaster, Numak. Not that new anymore, Numak, but fellas, how is it going? Fantastic. Never better, to be honest. I like what the Bucks win. Oh, yeah, the Bucks just, won. I don't know if I didn't say, say that, that yet. Now. Yeah. Did they? The Bucks did win. Rohan, did they? How- s- I'm doing I'm doing amazing. I'm doing yeah. amazing. I'm coming to you guys straight from Pfizer. It was an electric atmosphere. What a night. What a night indeed. A 138-122 Bucks Fake victory. final score. Yeah. I'm the the I, I'm actually, you know what? I'm glad the, the Heat were red hot in the fourth quarter. It didn't matter. They got it down to 16. GSP and Discord was sweating. I wasn't that worried, to be honest, but they, they made it close. Um, they shot really hot. The Heat end up shooting from this game. I don't know if you guys are aware. 44.4% from three, hilariously enough, after it seemed like it was going to be the opposite of the outlier shooting, shooting from game one. The Bucks did shoot an even better 51%. There's no denying that they were red hot from three as well. But they were just on fire everywhere. I mean, you look up and down the score sheet, and there wasn't an area the Bucs weren't really good at. They out-rebounded the Heat. They scored more in the paint. Uh, they had more second-chance points, more offensive rebounds. I mean, it made sense they out-rebounded the Heat. They didn't miss enough for the Heat to grab rebounds, but they did more work on the offensive glass as well. This wasn't just an outlier shooting game like I think we could say game one was. This was just an ass-kicking game, and it was one we needed Let's say up top, it's in the cron. Giannis did not play with the soreness. People at the game said he was moving around pretty good on the bench. He walked in. I thought he was 
Not quite his usual gait, but he did walk in. I didn't see a big pad or anything. I, going in, and I didn't voice this, I wish I had, I really do think this was the best outcome, even better than Giannis playing, assuming he wasn't going to be 100%, because now you get that full six days of rest since the injury before he's going to come back, and you get the comfortable win, versus even a similar win to this one. If Giannis was hobbling out there, I don't think it would have felt as good. Um, But this one, I think, feels really good. We'll go through some of the highlighted players, but... First, Rohan, you know, what are your thoughts on that? And also, we need a report card on the Bucks' atmosphere. Game one was lacking, as we talked about. This one seemed a lot better through the TV broadcast, at least. It was it was a fantastic, fantastic atmosphere at Pfizer. Everyone was up. Everyone was loud. Everyone was into it. It was so much better than game one. Even though I wasn't in the building for game one, but game two was incredible. Pfizer for him. You showed out, Bucks fans. You showed out. Good on you. Uh, but in terms of the game, honestly, like getting back to what, uh, like Giannis not playing, I was convinced he was going to play, considering they were doing the thing where he was doubtful, upgraded to questionable in the day, and it's like, okay, they're on track to have Giannis play. And then no, uh, we we were uh, Jordan and I were at a coffee shop with uh, shout out Justin Superbuck. We were there. We get the notification that Giannis isn't playing. I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, I, that that shocked me, but you're right, Ty. This was the best possible outcome, assuming Giannis doesn't play, because you get that game, you get the players feeling comfortable. Hey, we can go out there, we can dominate this Heat team without Giannis, without the best player in the world, because we're that good, we're that team. Game one, they, they were on a mission to show that game one was an anomaly, and I think that was a very successful mission. Great word choice. Uh, Rohan, I think Jordan... You, you shared a video, I think, using similar verbiage earlier tonight, did you not? You know, it's an isolated incident, <laughs> you stuff that, something you had to worry about. That's the uh, the illustrious words of the Bayshore Parker. The Bayshore Parker knows. Jordan, what were your uh, your thoughts on the game and, and Giannis's status heading in? Um, Similarly to Rohan, kind of stunned that Giannis didn't give it a go, because I thought it was the old rope-a-dope. That the <laughs> Bucks are doing with the uh, statuses on the injury report, um, and yeah, like I mean, you get rest. I think too, like if Giannis had played, like we're all going to be in the back of our mind. If any time he falls on the floor, anytime he gets an elbow in the back or whatever it is, just playing basketball, it's you can't play with that fear because you just think like the worst thing is ever going to happen to, you know, the best player of the team. Um, and credit to the team for really stepping up. I, you know, it, it was a carbon copy of the game two demolition against the heat a couple years ago to start the title run. But a lot of the same ingredients really went into that one, especially after a shaky game one, how that title run started. And yeah, like you go through it and there wasn't anybody that, didn't or that started off for the wrong reasons. Everybody stepped up. We'll get into individual players, but I just thought there was like there was the palpable energy, intensity, everything that you wanted to see to start the playoff run. Yeah, we didn't get all of that in game one, but when it mattered most and when you know the heat kind of faltered to say the least, um, after the first quarter, the Bucks just ran it down their throats and it was just amazing. 
Newmark, former newspaper man. I need to tap into <laughs> some sources. Is Giannis playing game three? What do you think? I think he plays. We'll get into that in a second. We are burying the lead, fellas. The huh. Bucks tied the, tied the record for most threes in a game in a playoff game. <laughs> yeah, they almost <laughs> broke two different uh, three-point team records against Miami. I was really... I really wanted Marjan Bochamp. Playoff debut, Marjan That'd Bochamp. That would be cool. Rohan saw history for his guy. That's special. <laughs> Let's not forget that. Uh, Bucks made 20, Five. 25 threes, tied with the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2016 against the Hawks. Oh, so, oh bud. Bud's revenge. Bud's redemption. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Uh, something interesting. You went full. That's how it feels. <laughs> right. Something interesting I found as well. They, they had 35 assists in this game. I was looking like, just curious as to what the most assists were in the game. It's a bunch of teams from the 70s and 80s with like the in the upper was insane then with the upper 40s and I think the Spurs hold record with 51. <sighs> um, but way down towards the bottom, you get into like the modern era. The most sense, I guess, on this list, but in since 2000 is the Raptors in 2020 with 39. The Bucks had 35. Yeah, so they were like close to achieving a record for most assists since. In the modern era, that's a really good so, thought. Yeah, it the, is. The, what an all-time game! Like I think all of Bucks Nation was quite nervous just all day long and all this week after the loss. And Jordan getting, shaking his head. No, tissed by your co-host. I'm getting. I'm tiss, getting tissed. I had palpable anxiety. Um, but coming out, they came out hot, and it was it was good to see just the beatdown happen pretty quickly after the first few minutes of the first quarter. I think we need to start with, I mean, the the biggest outside of what like the result and and the overall good vibes from the result, the indiv- biggest individual player I think that it's worth mentioning is Pat Connaughton. Um, I mentioned him up top. Pat goes from out of the rotation to I I would say the best role player in this game. I think Drew was phenomenal, and I want to talk about Drew in a little bit too. Just quietly averaging like 13 assists uh, through the playoffs so far. Talked about PG Drew at one of the best assisting seasons for any buck in the last like 20 years. He's carrying that over, but like doubling it in the playoffs so far. I think that is a very important takeaway for this Bucks team. But Pat, 8 for 12 shooting overall, 6 for 10 from the field, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 1 turnover. 22 points, was third on the team behind Brooke and Drew. We'll get into Brooke. Brooke's not a role player, by the way. If, no. If you're thinking about <laughs> I, I snub Brooke. Brooke is core four. That's that's a different level. But I thought Pat was sensational. It wasn't just the shooting. I thought he just looked a lot better, a lot more comfortable all around. I mean, I think outside of Chris, there was not a Bucks wing who played better. Ingles more of a point guard, and maybe even if you count Ingles, although he was shooting the ball hot too. I thought Pat on both ends just looked really good. I think his driving was something that he's We've seen him do it in small samples. Doesn't always do it a lot. Felt like he drove per minute more than we've seen in quite a long time in this game. And the results were good. I mean, he could have had more assists. He had a really nice one to Chris late in the game that Chris ended up missing, but it was nice. I just thought overall, really strong Pat game. And you've got to think, even if the team can hopefully get healthy and West comes back and, of course, Giannis, I think Pat has earned some more run. He was phenomenal in this game, and I don't think it was just just about shooting threes, although it was great to see him make multiple threes in a game. I mean, yeah, that's that's what Pat Connaughton brings. That's the allure of Pat Connaughton is not only his ability to shoot the ball, which he did damn well tonight, is his ability to attack off the off closeouts just to be a slasher in general. 
this team in general does not have a ton of slashers. They don't have guys who can get to the rim in a blur, which is why I was really, really excited about the Bucks driving, drafting Marjon. It's like, oh, man, an athlete. That's awesome. Uh, but Pat's one of those guys who can really create off the bounce, off the catch, and attack closeouts really, really well. And he showed that. The problem with Pat has always been, like in especially this season in particular, has just been he's been making dumb mistakes. Like this entire season, he was making dumb mistakes. He was not playing like the Pat Connaughton we know and love, and he wasn't shooting the ball well. It was just a rough stretch. And with the Bucks and their plethora of options at the wing, it's okay to say, hey, yeah, Pat, you're not going to be in the rotation now. But if Pat is able to do Pat Connaughton things like he showed he can, he's a vital rotation piece. He's He was a key piece to the title run. He was the only bench player to play in that Brooklyn series. And he showed that he, by the way, he can still be that player, even if he's not going to go nuclear like he does in this game. He can still impact the game in so, so many winning ways. He can attack the defense. He can draw the defense in towards him, and he can make smart plays if he's locked in. And he looks locked in to me. I mean, how do you go from not playing in a playoff game to that, from game one to game two? That shows concentration. That shows intensity. That shows playoff Bucks basketball. Jordan, worth, oh no, go ahead, Newmark. I, I think it's worth noting bringing back a uh, Eurostep adage from the title run. Pat Content, sixteen game player. I was going to say, in the words Jordan of your your great co-host Adam McGee, who ripped to Adam's sleep schedule even more if he had made this one. <laughs> Eight p.m. Central starts are just not playing in Ireland, so hopefully Adam's getting some Z's, but. Pat is nails, and I do think that it's not totally random, play random, that pod random, that Pat would have a big-time performance in, you know, did the Bucks need Pat to win this game? Maybe not. He did blow it open, though. I do think he's the reason it was basically over for a half. Mm. But I'm not shocked that he's be- if he's better in the postseason than the regular season. I do just trust him, even after the bad season, more than some other options on the team. But, Jordan, what were your thoughts? Well, I think, I think a lot of our skepticism and just how watching how Pat's season has unfolded, it was valid. And part of it, for me at least, was he had a really rocky start and has battled through injury, and that's going to affect your performance, especially a guy that like a lot of his injuries were like calf strains. I feel like I'm repeating myself because I've said the same thing about Pat for a long time, but like. He's battled through calf strains. He's battled through muscle injuries, stuff like that. Like over the course of an 82 game season, and even before that, because it all started during preseason, just hasn't found his rhythm. And I don't think like Pat's games where he you know stands out for all the wrong reasons. I don't necessarily. I wouldn't necessarily call it like bad process and bad results. I think he was doing the things that Pat has gotten really good at, and it just wasn't clicking. You know what I mean? Like you're forcing it and then, you know, you're turning over, over the ball, you're pushing or putting up too many shots when, you know, it's not going in. All that stuff that like forced a lot of people to be like, hey, now you make the move with Jay. Joe Ingles is getting um, healthier. We saw, you know, Wes has been in and out, but we know that he could be reliable for the same reasons. Grayson's been on the uptick too. Like, I saw a lot of people talking about how Pat could easily follow the rotation. And a performance like this is exactly why you do not judge a February game or like a three weeks in March of like 
you know, him not playing, like, that's it. You're done for the playoff rotation. Everybody is going to go through that when you're a player of his ilk. Bobby's gone through it. Wes Matthews has gone through it. We're kind of seeing a Jay right now, like, health hasn't been on his yeah. side, and you hope for the best, but you easily have a game later in the playoff run that really shows why you get him. Like, that's where, like, we've had a lot of questions in mailbags, and again, I've seen people talk about it too. It's like, do not write off anybody on this team, on this roster, because you never know when you're going to have to need them again. And when West was out, uh, when that news came out, it obviously opened the door for Pat to go into the rotation. And then something like this happens where it's not just like, oh, Pat's back. Oh, it's Pat. Pat's back and he's coming with a vengeance kind of thing like that. And I kind of think like sneakily think of this, like the last, however, the way his season ended. Kind of helped him to kind of just like get right and get back to 100% because he has not been, you know, in rhythm all year long. So I, yeah, it, it has been a long time coming for him to just break through that glass wall and just, you know, hit bombs. <laughs> I think it shows the importance of role players. Like and it, it shows that goes to prove why the Bucks depth is so important to this team. Like outside of the core four, they can count on one of Pat Jingles. Uh, Jay Grayson, we can go down this list and just name any one of these role players can step up on any given night to really push his team over the edge to get a W. Like this was Pat's career playoff high tonight for twenty two, two two points oh. off of two points off of his career high at twenty four. So like this is like Rohan said, a nuclear pack game. So you're not gonna get this every night, but it shows the fact that if they can do it, it can really propel this team um, towards. Some pretty great things. Yeah, I think uh, I'm encouraged by the extra driving, which is something we talked about a lot with Grayson this season. And I just think it really helps helps you be more playable if the shot does come and go a bit. Also, still, they didn't do it as much. I think it makes more sense with Giannis. But the short roll Pat stuff has been interesting too. Like he's a sneaky good pocket passer from the high paint. And I just think he's just become so useful. He's become so good at everything and – He's never going to be able to hang on elite offensive wings, but I think he generally does better at it than Grayson. And I think, it, honestly, it's a huge development for the whole playoff run that he had a game like this and that he can get more chances, especially, you know, Crowder, 15 minutes, 0 for 4, did not score, three fouls. Defense, I would say, looks better than game one. I didn't think remarkably better. I don't know. You know, he had to exit the game for a little bit. I, I know he's had a calf thing bothering him as well that missed some time with earlier in the season, although he did play 24 minutes in games 81 and 82. He went from 11 in game one to 15 in this game. A little concerning, um, especially against a team that, like I noticed Javon didn't play very much in this game. He had 14 minutes. Maybe because the Heat just don't really have any guards. Kyle Lowry played 18. I mean, Gabe Vincent's a guard, I guess, but they're, they're kind of getting hurt, kind of. Yeah. Like Gabe's having Javon out there. Yeah. I just think there's like so many, like basically like little wings and midsize wings that the Heat use that Javon is a little less important. But you would think that would then make Crowder more important. He really has not put his stamp on this series yet, I would say. Had a, a flagrant for kind of grabbing at Jimmy's ankle, which the league was not going to let go after the Sabonis Draymond thing. Luckily, no one got stomped. But Jordan, it seemed like you were more optimistic about Crowder earlier in this the pod. What did you think about his game? It was tough. I mean, 
you know, he at least had a shot last game, but I thought he's still trying to find it. I don't know. You know, I think there is a reason why the Bucks have tried to keep him his workload down a lot. And whether he finds it or not, I do think they have security in what they have beyond beyond him. Not and not like this where Pat just goes off like obviously reinforces that, but I would feel comfortable with that regardless. Um but I do think I would maybe say his defense looked a little bit more engaged. I thought like I know Jimmy got his he got twenty five I think by the other night. But they made him work really hard for it. It a lot harder than what it looked like in game one. And Jay did play some effect to it. Um, probably would have seen him a little bit more had he not gone in the locker room. So yeah, it's I don't know, it's a tricky thing. I think obviously throw him in the same boat as West now with his calf strain, and just I think that's going to be just an everyday or not everyday, but like a di- um, something to monitor throughout the whole playoff run. But I don't know. I'm still holding on hope for Jay, but I I know it has not come as easy as we probably would have liked to see, considering. The circumstances around him coming in the first place. Two quick things. I forgot to mention when you were talking about Pat and the time off, Jordan, Marcus Johnson on the Bucks broad on the Bailey broadcast yes. said he had a great week of practice, like early in his minutes, not when he had already gone off. He said Pat had a, a tremendous week in practice and that he feels great. So that, that backs up what you said there. And then uh Crowder did play uh, again after going in, That's I right. believe. Yeah, so yeah. so it's not it's not Hopefully as concerning. We never know, though, with Bucks injuries, as we've encountered so many times. Uh, Rohan, your thoughts? I mean, it's, it's – I, I tend to be a glass-half-full type of person. So we'll say, like, there's, there's – Can we pull up some 2021 Nets pods? Can we hey, Can we verify this claim? Polyfact I, is – I have grown as oh. a human being. I, I, think, I think the variance on Rohan goes both extremes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Bucks three-point shooting. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Rohan tasted caviar in the, the good seats at Fiserv and his whole outlook on life is different. <laughs> uh, no, that did not happen. But, uh, <laughs> uh, like, it was capers. I was with Jimmy Haslam. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, More on that later. Rohan, okay, talk about whatever we're talking uh, about. But in, in terms of like Jay Crowder, I, I think there's only, there's only the only way to go is up realistically because like you mentioned Ty, i think you were underselling it when you said he hasn't really put his stamp on this game it hasn't been good he has not been yeah. good in his minutes like for the bucks in these given limited sample size of two games now uh, where he's playing limited minutes and maybe this is just a tough matchup for him because like we were talking about earlier the bucks have like these are excuse me the heat have these hybrid guard wings and they don't like they only have like one big physical wing who like Jay Crowder would be tasked to guard uh, and Jimmy Butler, but it's like, okay, the Bucks already have like Drew Holiday to do that. <laughs> they have like another like big body guy and like potentially like Chris Middleton takes some of that load sometimes as well. And uh, when he's healthy, Giannis can be that guy. He's like the Bucks and Jay Crowder are more, in my opinion, more built to face a team like Boston. Uh, where they're just loaded up with wings, but not necessarily against the Heat. I think this is just a tough matchup for him. And as the Bucks advance, which they will do in this season. Ooh. Ooh. Is it a hot take to no. say the Bucks win this series? No, but starting with Numak, what's the what's the updated prediction for the series? 
the updated prediction for the series for like the result. Yeah. Yeah. I've got this locked in. Yeah. Same. I think it's Bucks and five. I would agree with Bucks and five. Yep. Bucks and five. Uh oh. Um, I have. What did you say, Joe? I said agreed. I oh, said agreed. agreed. Okay. Agreed. I thought the Bucks and three. I was like, I don't think we said that anymore. Yeah, all right. We're gonna we're gonna pledge to Adam Silver. Take back the Heat's game one victory and get it to Milwaukee. <laughs> Can we file um, a protest? Someone get Mark Cuban on the line. Kevin Love used the basketball as a weapon, and this cannot oh be tolerated. God. The they're Warriors too, are embarrassing. They're being too physical. The Warriors. He's using dynasty. his body on rebounds, and it's do you being think too Kevin physical. Love would have gotten ejected if Adam Silver was in <laughs> attendance? Where was Mark Tatum? <laughs> I guess that you guys. <laughs> um, I have a spicy take. Ooh. The Warriors dynasty is going out sad. Go ahead. That's I just wanted to say that. What what they're putting out to media right now is really, really sad. Big care and energy. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's a spicy take or an optimistic take. You guys can decide. I think Jay Crowder has a performance this playoff run that is equal to pass tonight. Like a Ooh. six from ten mm. from three. Yeah, and just I agree with that actually. Absolutely goes off because this to is propelled us to a win. This is how he operates. He's going right. to shoot two percent in this series, and then ninety percent against Cleveland or whatever. Like that. That is traditionally. So yeah, I buy that. I think he's totally going to have. I'm not giving up on Crowder. I want to be no, clear. God, he hasn't no. played well, but there's going to be room get more for runs. If he just gets more run, he'll get into those mega things. Like he hasn't been just like that guy playing with the starters all the time since he's been acquired. So yeah, with, with yeah. time and hopefully that he has a, a good mark on this run. New match. Just, pick, a, oh, just go a ahead, bad man. matchup. Yeah. Just a bad matchup. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know if next round would be much better if it is Cleveland, but I do agree with the Celtics. So hopefully he can just get, get healthy and, and feel good for that series. Um, I don't know how badly they need him to go follow around Isaac Okoro, for example, but uh, right. nonetheless. Numak, pick a player we should talk about next. Of course, I went into Pat Connaughton and Jay Crowder as the first two. So, Numak, there's a correct answer here. There is a correct answer. That's Brooke Lopez. There yes. we go. <laughs> I actually, real quick before you go, Numak, I just saw a quote from Jim Ozarski, friend of the program, uh, from Brooke. It's about a different player, but, quote, How fun is it to watch Joe talk after he makes every one of his threes to the opposing team? Turn around and do his little shout and everything. We had fun tonight. We need to keep that energy going from the big fella, Brooke Lopez. Couldn't agree more with all of that, to be honest. Could not agree more. It's so much fun watching Joe Ingles talk shit. Yeah. I love it. It's like the best ever. He like pointed. The, I the couldn't same, believe he didn't get tested. The same energy that Joe Ingles had pointing at whoever flew by him was the same energy that uh, Jordan Wara had falling oh, backwards yeah. when he crossed the guy up. Like, Warriors, Wara's the just physically energy. funnier. Yeah. Eagles could never be that funny, but he's consistently funnier on on a more routine basis. Yeah, uh, but Lopez, Lopez. Uh, I was saying in the Discord and all to anyone that would listen to me in in real life that they needed to get Brooke involved in the post to start uh, game two early. That's exactly what they did, and I'm happy that they played inside out for the first half quarter, three quarters of the first quarter, and then once. They started needing to protect the basket from Brooke to start chucking from three and making it on a, on a high variance. So they recognized that they didn't take advantage of Brooke's size and utilizing the size to their advantage in game one and came out like, yeah, we're going to do this now and promptly hand the heat their asses on a silver platter. Before history is written, Bobby Orr. 
It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's it's just, it was so beautiful. Like you mentioned, Numa, to see the inside-out basketball. This is something we were like, like praying for Bud to listen to us on the on the post-game one pod. And uh, shout out Bud, he came through. Ga- game two, Bud. Uh, he listened. He, the, he did. He, Games he, two through seven, <laughs> Bud, unmatched. Game one, Bud, let's not talk about it. You know what? He does it to get his team fueled up, underdog mentality. You know, mm. he, he he wants to fuel that mentality. It's actually calculated. He Is Bud the mayor of Mequon, the underdog? Bobby's got Milwaukee. Bud can have somewhere. I don't know where Bud lives. <laughs> I not dox. We, we do know where Bud lives. Yeah. We, can't, we shouldn't say it out loud. <laughs> no, let's not dox Coach Bud. Right, we can't dox him. I, yeah, I didn't mean to. I hope it's not. Is it there? Let's just let's move yeah. on. Oh, they said, <laughs> well, I think we if we eliminate one city in the state, it's I don't think that's Mequon. doxing the guy. It's not Mequon. No. None of us live in Mequon. There, I equally doxed the five of us, us and Coach Bud. Now everything is square. Just GSPM things. Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez was dominant. Dominant in that first quarter. And that's what they needed. Like, that's how the Bucs managed to start and build their lead early. Because Miami was hanging in there early. But they just kept feeding the big fella. He kept making plays. He kept doing that even throughout the game, even though he was less featured because the Bucs were just raining threes down. But he was just, he was classic Brooke Lopez. Whenever the Bucs need a guy to step up in the postseason, it's usually Brooke Lopez. That's what happens. Think about like all the way back to his first playoff series, or not his first uh, run with the Bucks, game one against Toronto. Like Brooke Lopez won them that game in the Eastern Conference Finals. He's been doing it every year since then. There's always a game where it's like, okay, who's going to step up here? Who's going to will us to victory? It's Brooke Lopez. He's been that guy. He is that guy. And he's just, he's continuing to have an incredible, incredible career. Best season, probably best all-around season of his career. And he's showing how he can still be a dominant force and why he needs a new contract immediately. He may not be the deep boy, but he's our boy. Nice. Nice. I I can't stand you. Um, (laughs) You're welcome. No, I agree wholeheartedly. I think, honestly... Part of the reason why the Bucks just rained down on threes was because they were just eating the heat alive in the first quarter. I think they had 26 paint points in the first quarter alone. Um, and a lot of that was getting Brooke rolling. It was getting t- Max Struess. Oh, good Lord. He was they, Max Struess tonight. They put him on a, on like a, you know, like a, a drying rack or like a, the, you know, why can't they have the washboard? Not a washboard. A yeah, line. let's do a washboard. They ran through him. It felt like any time Drew Holiday saw whoever was gu- or whoever was being guarded by Max Drew, he's like, "We're doing a ball screen right now, and we're gonna run through this motherfucker." That's what he was doing every time. Max Drew, you're gonna live a series of just uh, an unfortunate events. Uh, okay, let me snick it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I think part of the reason why the Bucks had their three-point explosion was helped by Brooke 
just feasting inside and all the attention that Miami's defense was getting closer into the paint. And they were pretty lax on closing out to buck shooters after that first quarter. And it just kind of like, that's where like all the offensive questions and just like having that like kind of balanced dynamic, like when things just get muddied and it gets a little bit harder or they're just jacked up shots because you know, they have a 30-point lead. I mean, we saw that multiple times tonight, but it still didn't matter all that much. Like, that's where if you don't have that balance of, like, inside, outside, outside, inside, whatever it is, like, it all works in tandem. And Brooke um, more so just lifted up like Giannis would. They just kind of repurposed the offense that way. Um, It wasn't always clean with Bobby, who I'm sure we'll get into because – you know, having two guys that like to post up ISO, all that stuff, like it can get gummied up. But um, obviously, you know, you live with that when you're just kicking ass and taking names. Yeah, Brooks boxing out was terrific. You know, that's the thing. There, there's a, a take out there that Brooke is not a good rebounder. That is an uninformed take. Bobby Portis had 15 boards. Brooke had four. You know, I, I would wager that Brooke did as much to secure those 19 total rebounds as Bobby did. And that's no shade to Bobby, but that's that's how the Bucks operate. Brooke was 12 for 17 from the field, 12 for 16 from two. So that's over 70%. Made his only free throw. The Heat shot a lot more free throws, by the way. 23 to 8 free throw attempt advantage for Miami. Didn't matter at all. But again, if you're looking for signs that this wasn't just anomalous shooting and nothing else, there is another one for you. Brooke had 25 points. I just looked this up. Brooke has scored at least 22 points. Actually, no, at least 24 points in the playoffs. He has done that eight times. Sorry, nine times. This is coming together, I promise. Which what team do you guys think he's done that with more? The Nets or the Bucks? Bucks, easy. Oh, yeah, Bucks. Well, I just he's known as you know an All Star post go to guy with the Nets. They won one playoff series with him on the roster. <laughs> they went. They he played there. He, they went to the postseason at least twice when he was on the roster. He was a go to guy. I mean, it's fair. Question. He missed one though because he had. A- <laughs> I'm sorry, Ty. Anyway, so we're all just like. Here's the more. Up. Here's the more fun part of the stat. Okay, it's. I told you it would come together. He had 29 for the Bucks in 2019. He had 24 for the Bucks in a game in 2020. He had 33 and a couple other 25s in 2021. He had a 25 point game in last postseason. And now he's had a 25-point game this postseason. So every Bucks postseason, Brooke Lopez has had at least one 24-point game, which I think is just remarkable. I mean, he just – he comes through. I think – I forget, was Rohan said this or Numak? I don't remember. But, like, Brooke is the guy who comes through, and he always picks a spot and just does it. And I think it really speaks to this guy at, you know, in his mid to – his early to mid-30s, at least once per playoff run, he's going to give you that big – 24 plus point per game. Point, yeah, 24 point plus game. I can't talk, but Brooke, it's Brooke late. Rules. It's Brooke late. Rules. That's what matters. Yeah, I think it goes to show just how much, how good the rest of the Bucks offense is, and that we don't need Brooke to do this very often. Like, if the Bucks wanted to, they could lean on Brooke every night to do this and really play up his inside prowess and then trail on threes to 
bank those as well. But they don't need to do that. They rely upon on, rely on him on the defensive end, so he can just get his consistent what eight to fourteen points a night a game, and just kind of be a DPOY candidate on the other side. So it it just goes to show the again the depth of this team and how lucky we are to have a core four rather than a big three. A quick take before I let Rohan pick who we're going to talk about next. I don't think Giannis should drive at all when he comes back in this series. Are the like, Bucks better without Giannis? Oh my god! Um, More like Andrew I'm Dull. not doing that. I'm not. Do, I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to humor the take. He had 50 points <laughs> nice. in Game Six of the NBA. I just anytime someone says some dumb shit, I'm just like, go. We have the we have the tape. You can watch it. He scored 50 points in Game Six. Are we sure Brooke Lopez isn't Batman? No. Anyway, I don't think Giannis should drive at all. I, I want to do a real take. I don't want to do it. We, we know. We all know. Everyone listening knows. No one listening to this is like, I don't know about this Giannis guy. It's called the fucking Eurostep. I need you a Don LaGreca type rant from Ty right now. It, that's all you're getting. That's enough. It's, it is late. And this is things we all know. There's no need to belabor the point. Giannis is him. We don't name our pod after random guys. He should just post up though. Like they should – there's no need to do all the drives that he was doing and that's what he got injured on. Like they should do – I think they could just do a much more effective version of the dual big offense we saw with Bobby because the issue with that team – that look was defensively some of the Heat's best stuff was like Bobby trying to chase Gabe Vincent around screens and it just wasn't going well. Giannis, that goes a lot better, right? Like Giannis is maybe not – screen navigation, not his thing – He's still better at it than Bobby Portis, though. Like he is everything defensively. So I, I think you know, just get Bobby and Brooke on opposite baselines, and wherever Bam isn't, get the ball over there, and that's going to be a problem for Miami. Whether it's you know passing to the other big if Bam comes over, passing to shooters if they go down, like they should literally just run twin towers when Giannis is back. And I really I don't know what Miami does. I don't know what the counter is. You know, Haywood Highsmith, more Kevin Love, who was horrible. Like that's my that's my honest take is like just put him and Brooke on opposite blocks and ping the ball around. It's easy. Like they just need to make it easy on themselves. Yeah. Like this is a very this should have been a sweep of a series. Like, you're, I see you, but you're not moving. Or I hear you, but you're not moving. Is what I should say, Rohan. Now I don't hear Rohan either. We might have lost him. We might I think have lost all the, him. All the energy yeah. from the. Uh, from the Bucks when put put Rohan right out of business. His, his camera crashed. His, his whole thing crashed. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the last time we heard Rohan Cotty. It's like the Stephen King uh, movie with all the kids when they're walking down the street after they it's... say, say no, not it. The, uh... <laughs> oh, stand by me. <laughs> when they talk oh, about yeah. where each one goes. There oh, he is. Come on, but now the buy now Numak is Rohan. We got a Freaky Friday situation going on. <laughs> I, don't, right I don't know here. what just happened. Uh, I'm gonna it's try to fix this. No, it's okay. I'll be Numak. All right. Well, if you know, you know. Hopefully, I don't. I will be Rohan. Hopefully, I don't is... have to take a screenshot from this part of the pod. Everyone's gonna be like, "Please do. Idiot. It'd be really funny." <laughs> uh, Rohan, pick a player to talk about. There's only there's what? only one way to go here. The Miami Heat got fucking jingled. Oh, that's not what actually that's not who I was gonna say, but come I had on. two players in mind and he did not go either one of those. <laughs> There's a the lot of good got, performances tonight. Yeah. The heat got fucking jingle. I mean, I it I should bring this up. It's only fair. I've already done my full Some apology penance. before. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I've done my full apology. Joe Ingram. Bend the knee. 
Sure, that happened. <laughs> uh, Another reference Rohan does not get. No, I absolutely not. No. Uh, but, but Joe Ingles, he was out there. He was showing how much of a sharpshooter he can be. And it was just incredible to watch. He was on fire. He he put the Bucks up 30 at the end of the first half. But it was just, it was electric. It was electric. He was talking his shit like Newmark was mentioning earlier. It was so, so fun to watch. It wasn't even like, we we talked about at the for the post game one pod about hey maybe the Bucks should give Joe Ingles the ball a little more instead of just having him be like a catch and shoot guy like hey have him do some stuff off the bounce he did that he delivered because that's what he's best at sure he can be a standstill shooter but that's not utilizing him to the best of his ability and the Bucks really went like they were like hey Joe you do your thing and he did his thing. Uh, we have a heater pair of quotes, actually three of them, know, yeah, but I one's know. not related to this. Um, Chris Middleton on Joe Ingles, quote, the slowest guy out there, probably the most athletic, unathletic guy out there, but he's a ball player. Joe Ingles on Chris Middleton, quote, has he not watched his own film? <laughs> That's tremendous. Um, no lies told, by the way, which is the, the funniest part. The other one I'll, I'll save for now, but I'm ready to run through a wall after reading a different Brooke Lopez quote. Ingles, yeah, he's jingling all the way. I really like the game. I love that they put the ball in his hands more. That needs to continue when Giannis comes back. And wasn't really a defensive problem at all. Outside of the one, there's always the one foul, as Jordan said on the game one pod. The It wasn't totally his fault. He kind of got backed up into the four-point play opportunity, but still not ideal. Uh, he always finds himself in one of those. But, you know, when you're hitting threes, pointing at guys, flying out of bounds – talking a bunch of shit as Bobby did as well. You know, not going to hold that against it too much. It was a fantastic Ingles game. Um, Obviously, more than what we expected from Joe Ingles, uh, part of one of the players that steps up in front of, you know, not having Giannis. But I think the whole point of we know why the Bucks went after him and the whole archetype that he brought up or brought to them and just giving them another playmaker, someone that can lighten the load. Part of the reason I remember when we went through just like, this is your lone biggest resource in free agency and you're making a big bet on someone who's injured and, you know, comes with some questions about durability. What would he look like post-injury defensively? Uh, Side note, kind of like, He's not the greatest defender. I understand what Chris is talking about and all this stuff. He just has a knack for like making these like crazy real time just like steals out of nowhere. Like Jimmy Butler threw this pass that like looked like a great like gorgeous cross court pass. Ingles is right there and just snatches it away. Like he he can process things. He may not be fleet of foot, but he processes things very fast and can make things, and that just gets the Bucks going. Um so also, a side note to the side note, Bucks had 30 points off of 17 heat turnovers tonight. Love it. Which, that is that's Thanksgiving feast right there. I, I did want to point that out on the pod I did with um, Giancarlo Navas of Miami Heat Beat between the games, which now it would sound funny if you listen to it, because I was, was a little bit nervous. The thing, the series was shaky, you know, who knows. Um, I said turnovers for the Bucks could be Miami's path to winning this one because I just think 
the Heat offense wasn't going to be that good again, but if they could get out running, they maybe had a chance. The Bucks only had 11 turnovers. Nobody had more than three on their roster, which I think is just tremendous. Like, you know, without Giannis, without that scoring, like would guys press? They kind of did late in the game when it was already over, but largely they took care of the ball. They made smart passes, and it really made it hard for Miami to keep up once the Bucks got hot around the middle of the game. Um, but back to my original Eagles point, he comes with playoff experience and has proven himself in the playoffs. Like I, I'm, I know like this outburst, you know, may surprise Bucks fans. I'm not that surprised by it. I kind of think that we might see a little bit more of it too. Like he just brings a level of, I don't know, everything that we have seen in spurts or maybe not full games but like great stretches that have helped the bucks throughout the season especially since he's returned obviously because he's playing um (laughs) i just think i think he just i don't know i there's things about him that i I despise like the lazy fouls but like when he's out there i just like pat you just trust him i feels weird to say that about someone that hasn't gone through trials and tribulations and the triumphs and all that stuff another t-word um but like i don't know angles kind of fits in exactly with what the bucks and where they're at most importantly i hope he can stay on the floor in the in the Celtics series because he could be really beneficial in that series but at the same time he's slow and i think a lot of the wings could have him for lunch He's going he's gonna to poke two balls per, get, per per game that series away from Jalen Brown, and, and I personally yeah. can't wait for it. I'm with Jordan. Jalen Brown's going to dunk on him. That's fine. Two points <laughs> is two points. Keep it moving. Yeah. Next possession. Better patter. Ingles outplayed Paul George in a playoff series once. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. He's not appreciably less athletic than he was then either. Yeah. Because there was Play not much change. Well, that's a different – there's two of those actually. <laughs> hopefully hopefully um I don't, maybe he'll have less of a role but it's not like he's closing games now that's the nice part about how deep the bucks are it's not like they need him to be a fifth starter or a fifth closer he's neither they have multiple other guys for those spots just being able to come in and give you 22 25 good offensive minutes is is a big deal so yeah Ingles was sensational and i mean outside of crisp maybe drew Playoff Drew, we'll see. He shot 40% from three in this game. He Chris was, and he, he both did. Good. Yeah, Drew was – I want to talk about Drew next. I thought he was sensational. But off the sh- off the dribble threes, Ingles is really high on the list of guys I trust to knock yeah. those down. Like that yeah. – it's like a it, – he's become really good at those. Uh, he was hitting threes with like hands in his face. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have care. release. And it still didn't matter. When it's he his kept, length. Like, he's so big. Mm-hmm. Like 6'8 and, and – equally long wingspan if not longer he's just able to like i think he does i forget who does it like the best but keeping the ball up when he when he shoots it when he catches like, on catch yep. and shoots that's a thing yeah, yeah Pat, it's Pat just made that a thing just so good and it's very evident when he does it okay perfect segue for drew holiday this just came through from eric name oh, of the athletic yeah really great quote uh, Drew Holiday tells reporters that he told Giannis Antetokounmpo that they could hold it down for him in game two tonight. Quote, I told him this morning, like, I know you're going to want to come back, but if you don't, just know we got you. Maybe that factors into the decision a little bit. I don't know. I think there maybe was some confidence there. I do think there was some confidence there on the Bucks side that factors into this. I don't know. Who knows? 
what all goes into it. Drew, 24 points, 11 assists, 5 rebounds, just 3 turnovers, and a steal. 10 of 19 from the floor, 4 of 10 from 3. He scored from all over the place, some beautiful finishes. I mean, it was a nice bounce back, like we talked about on the first pod. It wasn't a good shooting night in Game 1. He did have 17 or 16 assists in that game. He comes back with 11 more. I think the way he's moved the ball has been sensational. And real quickly, I don't know how much we'll talk about him specifically. Chris didn't have a great shooting game. He was 2 for 5 from deep, but under 40% from 2. But he also had 7 assists. And I think the way both of those guys moved the ball and kept everyone involved was big. Again, as I mentioned uh, something else earlier, keep that going when Giannis is back. Because that is when the Bucs are at their best. There's going to be times when Giannis rightly takes over. But I think throughout games, having these guys move the ball around more makes the Bucks much harder to beat. But Drew, I think, did it all and guarded Jimmy Moore. And I didn't really have any issue with anything he did. I thought it was a sensational game from a deserving all-star and hopefully all-NBA guard. Of his top six assist performances in the playoffs, four of them have come against Miami. Ooh, Numak like, at the stats. Stat, stats, Numak. When we have four people like this. listen to Talk of the Tundra to get this <laughs> yeah. type of insight. We have doing this for Bucks. Imagine what he does for the Packers. I have time. <laughs> That's what we got right now. But yeah, 16 Monday or Sunday and 11 tonight. His other highs were uh, 15 and 12. So he likes assisting against the Heat. He's yeah. he's a good he's a good draw and kick guy uh, because like he can get to the rim with ease against these Miami defenders mm-hmm. and he's just manipulating the defense to his advantage and he's creating advantages that he right, and he's seeing the pockets he's seeing the lanes he's making good reads like this is something that we've talked about uh, at least Ty and I in the past is just even if Drew Holiday isn't scoring the ball particularly well he's still having a massively impactful game on offense most of the time. Because he is just a special, special playmaker, which I don't feel is appreciated enough uh, and has been for his entire Bucks tenure. It's just something that he really, really excels at. He will find guys in their spots. He will lead guys to the right spots. He will make sure that guys get the right passes at the right time. And he, he sees the floor so, so well. And this is a guy who, before he really got to Milwaukee, was considered Basically a two guard. People still like, ask about it, which I they, find crazy. I, this season, made, people have said, "Oh, is he a point guard?" Move, right? Yeah. yeah, they wanted to make him a two guard because they wanted to have like a more natural point guard next to him. And yeah, they considered him like a three and D point guard, not like an actual like traditional like. Right. They tried to Patrick Beverly this guy, which is like, sick. I think, I think they would have. I think the best case scenario in their minds would have been like Jimmy Butler, right? Where he's a lead ball handler, but he's not like the point guard. I could have, I could see that, but way better. Ooh. Yeah, way better. Yeah. better shooter. Right? One has won a championship. This is true. That's all I'm saying. Been there and won. Been there and won with fans, mind you. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Been there and won, this not this having dribbled. Yeah. <laughs> hit the bubble dribbling above your opponent's hotel room every night. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Bobby. Does, we got to talk about wait, Bobby. Real, does anyone have Chris thoughts? Because I kind of just lumped Chris Ian did, together. Chris did a good job getting to the rim tonight. Like yeah. He had a couple very nice drives. He was getting guys out of position. He was driving the lane really, really well off the baseline. And... Uh, <laughs> Newmark is ridiculous. Oh, uh, 
I lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? Chris, 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 Chris <laughs> got to the line. He was getting to the rim with ease. He was doing good things. So even though he didn't have the best shooting performance overall, he was still, he. I, I thought he had a, like, he showed flashes. And especially after his game one performance, which was ridiculous. Like we're still seeing good things from Chris Middleton. Um, I also thought a lot of the misses that he had were when the game was yeah, out of hand. Fourth quarter, especially because Bud is not going to let what happened in Toronto earlier this year happen again. Um, and yeah, I just, I mean, he was really driving on Gabe Vincent. He really took advantage of that mismatch. Um, kind of, it was very similar to how Drew operated too. Like they just, they got things going and they're pushing the pace. That was a key thing for them just to keep operating with like, you know, not a set defense, get Miami on the back of their heels, all that stuff that kind of just, you know, obviously, uh, culminated in everything that happened good offensively um yeah i just i i don't know i i know chris had the lesser of the stat line but i don't think we should forget the importance of when the game was you know i guess within reach before like three minutes in the second quarter or whatever it was um i thought they really just kind of pushed the tone and made it for you know or set it up for what it, the game ended up being Definitely agree. All right, Numak wants to talk about Bobby Buckets. Before that, I was looking oh. for real quick. Real quick. All right, it's taking over. Nope, just one last thing on Chris. Talking about the misses. Three for nine in the second half, as opposed to um, six for 16 in the whole game. So, like, yeah, significantly worse once the game was pretty much out of hand. So, just re- reaffirming that. One of the misses from two, he basically got to tackle Kyle Lowry after, which was sick, so I'm not even <laughs> which wasn't was... upset. Sick. <laughs> I wasn't even upset, to be honest. He used the basketball as a weapon. He really did. And he almost got a, a, a jump ball out of it. I love the physicality in this game. And that's a good transition to Bobby, who, again, uh, mixed it up with Kevin Love a little bit. Which oh, it was I will, so good. I will never be mad at after, obviously, what happened with Kevin Love and Giannis earlier. Bobby becoming the de facto enforcer in non-Thanasis minutes has, I think, been delightful. I mean, I don't know if this is a controversial take. Probably not among Bucks fans. I love the bully ball Bucks. Like, I think it's great. I think my best Bucks experience is when you watch the game and you're like, the other team fucking hates this right now. Like, this is not fun. This is not like a fun basketball game. This is like fast, like um, speed running through a prison sentence. That's what I want it to be like. To on play that, the on that we have a we have a quote. This is by Dario Melendez, a Pat Connaughton on the game two bounce back. People think we have a lot of nice guys on this team, but don't mistake our kindness for weakness. We'll rip your heart out. And they do. That's not a quote I saw coming from Pat. I don't know what's going on in the business world lately for him to be acting like this. He lost his ass on a mortgage. I mean, it's, it's, I, I hope there, you know, what was that, uh, SVB? Did Pat have money? I don't know. I don't know. Let's, let's not speculate, but he's upset about something. Pat's but, been ooh. to buy, the, buy a share of the bucks, but didn't go through. Yeah. He's like, oh, shoot, I got to play basketball. I keep trying to get 1%. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't actually excised from the rotation. He took a break, but he had to come back. Pat, Pat, I have to go back to my day job. He quit baseball for basketball and then basketball for finance, but then was lured back to basketball when the Bucks <laughs> needed him most. Um, on, on Bobby, you said it great in the Discord tie during the game. Watching uh, Kevin Love flop 
on the foul that Bobby had on him and looking disgust was amazing. Bobby looked disgusted by his presence, and I didn't yeah. disagree. Yeah, strong agree. Bobby the bodyguard. I he love really it. Is. I, I know he didn't have the greatest game, and obviously he's um, of note because he takes Giannis's role in the, in the starting lineup. Doesn't matter. It's the energy, it's the activity on the boards. They really manhandled the heat from the get go on just extending possessions, uh, clearing the offense or defense glass and the offense glass. Um, got to see a couple threes from him, which is nice. And the ball looked a little, a lot better. Wasn't completely flat. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And just everything with that, like, I don't know, like, it, it's just so crazy how we how i view the bucks i i will speak for myself maybe not for everybody because it's my lens of it and i don't want to put words on other people but like we go through the title run and just this calamitous and incredible like roller coaster of emotions and i just after that and even i know like last year ended in disappointment and everything like that but i just like it just these guys are just so hardened by all of these experiences that they have gone through, and it's like, yeah, you don't have Giannis. We've been through this before. Chris is dealing with his stuff. They've gone through. No, they have not. Uh, <laughs> they've gone through experiences where they've been without guys at their best or without them at all, and stuff like that. And it's like they don't, they don't take shit anymore. They, it's crazy. Like just have, like. I don't know. I I just love seeing that like intensity and like I think part of it is because every everything about the Bucks is overlooked in the fact that you know it comes on the screen when I'm watching the the game that this is their seventh straight playoff appearance and I know this is not all with Bud but like that is not nothing at this point. Like they have gone through even going through first round misses and all that stuff like. They have been through hell and back a lot of times and gone through, have seen everything you can see come playoff time. And just like this, like a game where you're without Giannis, like it's a big deal and they make it feel like it's not like that is kind of special. Um, and, you know, maybe it's just for one game and things are going to be a little bit tougher when you get down to Miami. But I don't know. It speaks to the character of this team and just where they are and just how obviously the depth of this team specifically, but like, the people that have been through all these experiences and they're saying all this patches say will rip their heart out, which still very disconcerting to me, but like, I don't know. It just shows that they have, you know, really kind of just have looked at all these things and just be like, yeah, we are who we are. And that is the most honestly, that is everything you want to see as a fan, because that is exactly what we root for day in and day out. Uh, I believe only Boston has a longer active playoff streak. I think they have nine right now. So the Bucks seven is second. I mean, think about all the teams that have been great over this run, and they've all had a gap year or more. Golden State, Toronto was in the high lottery. Obviously, Cleveland missed a couple years after all the ones with LeBron. So it's not easy to do. I mean, it's really, it's really difficult to do, honestly. Bobby Ports did have a career high tonight. Um, five assists in a playoff game. The previous best was three, so shattered that, uh, and the ball was moving, and and Bobby was moving as well. I think that's something I noticed a couple times in the regular season, and it was nice to see that carry over. Plus, of course, fifteen boards and 
decent amount of points. And I mean, I thought it was a good all around game for Bobby, yeah. if not outstanding. Shot well, five for nine from the field and three for three or four from three. So I, I thought Bobby played great. Plus the energy, plus the talking shit. That was great. Uh, Chris it. calming down Bobby after Tex becoming like <laughs> a, a recurring thing in the playoffs is just great. I'm loving it. Chris never has any patience for it. I, I, <laughs> I'm i sure everyone likes the energy. Chris, though, is just like, it's not worth the point, Bobby. Come on. It's every time. Yeah, exactly, Jordan. Just come on, man. <laughs> just one notch down. Stern Chris is my favorite. Just like, hey, come on, dude. I'm trying to win. Do we have any thoughts on Miami's performance? Because I do have a few. Um, I didn't think I, it. I didn't think they were. I, I don't know how much went wrong for them in outlier fashion outside of the Bucks three point shooting. Like I, I think if you look at the box, like I kind of expected it to be worse for them. And you look, and it's like oh, Duncan Robinson had fourteen points on four for six shooting. Oh, Jimmy had twenty five on twelve, eight for twelve shooting. Bam was 56% from the field, 20 points. Like, it's not like a bunch of guys laid an egg. I just think they're undermanned and they, they're just not good enough, was my takeaway from this game. Like, they shot 53% from the field, 44% from three, and drew way more free throws. And it was never a close game. They're an eight seed versus a one seed. Yeah. Yeah. And an I eight seed without, without their, one of their two most important offensive players. Yeah. Yeah. I'm playing against a one seed without their most important offensive player. Yeah, for sure. Equal footing, right? Equal equal footing, right? Is that that what we talked about this week? Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. Reggie Reggie Miller (laughs) would say that he are more of a disadvantage. They uh, they got a good Victor Oladipo game too, and it's just again just they dusted him off. Yeah, they dusted him. They did. I mean, I have a sneaking suspicion that they are going to put him in the starting lineup for Robinson. That's just. I think they could go either way. Like, it's it's the same thing either way. Like, you get Duncan Robinson, who is probably not that great, or Victor Oladipo, who is probably not that great. Like, I, it's a horse apiece, and the horse is on three legs. I just think the paint's gone if they do that. It's Which, gone anyway. What? It's it's less gone. I mean, they they still they made sixteen threes. It's not like they. I, if Vic starts, I just think they're gonna they're gonna score two points in the first five minutes of the game, which maybe they have to do that. I also um, one interesting thing from the Heat beat crossover from um, Yanni. I never know if it's Gianni or Yanni in that case, Giancarlo. Um, he's been worse with other primaries than he had, and you can kind of see it, right? Like his effectiveness was like, okay, Vic, just go take the ball and do something. Because Jimmy needs to rest. Apparently, he's not been as good playing with us. So we'll see if that factors into it at all. But Jordan, I think to your point, is there a, is there a great option here? Not really. I mean, Max Struess yeah. and Gabe Vincent are already the other two starters. So it's not like we're working with a stacked deck here if we're the Heat. Thankfully, so we're Cody not. Cody Zeller. I listen. Hey, uh, two for two, eight eight rebounds in twelve minutes, plus seventeen. Cody Zeller. I think yeah. you play. I would rather gotta, start him than Victor Oladipo. You got to tip your hat to build Bob the Builder. Um, <laughs> wow. <sorry>. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. It was I kind of a weird night because we didn't even see. I know we saw. What? Wait, wait, what did Rohan just say? What did Rohan just say? You can't quiet. I said, Kai, you looking at. 
Oh, I thought you said tie you something. I was like, whoa, whoa, what about me? Foof. Um, foof. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was just a weird night because, like, Robinson got a lot of his shots late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they got hot late. Gabe Vincent hit some shots. He he scares me. That guy scares me. He's a Bucks killer. I'm, I'm going to die of this hill. Um, Duncan, oh, my God. So you're not kidding about Duncan Robinson. He was... Five for eight in the game. Mm-hmm. He's one for two at like at the third. He was third, five for third. seven in the fourth quarter. There you go. So he was zero for one, and then made five shots in the fourth quarter. That yeah. that zero for one was in like the first half, and it was an air ball. It was yeah. not yeah. good. So um, I I think that's something to watch going forward. Is if that somehow some way Duncan Robinson found his uh, Disney magic, then that <laughs> could be a problem. I do think they like, were generally I'm, I'm better serious. taking like, away threes. I I I think they just got a little lazy in the fourth. I, but I agree, but it's something to watch. It yes, is. you don't want someone to catch their rhythm. Yeah, you know? right. Which is but like very, even yeah. it was, I don't know. It was kind of weird that we didn't see Kevin Love all that. Like I don't I eleven minutes. I don't think it's weird. He wasn't playing know. well. I'm glad I didn't see him. I don't, but like that. That like is Jay a way Crowder. to really stretch out the Bucks defense and I just thought it was a weird card but and they didn't pull and they're even smaller with him playing less that's the other thing they, they didn't play Zeller until the fourth so it's like I mean their their biggest player then when Bam sat and Bam only plays 25 minutes was Caleb Martin who's like a three that they call a four and is now basically having to play five that roster stinks it's well yeah it's a roster reflective of an eighth seed. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I there's some things that because the Heat have this allure and it's heat culture and all this stuff, it feels like it's like, oh, it's games and shit. We already took a game in Milwaukee, so we're Heat culture lost by double digits to Atlanta <laughs> remains my favorite tweet of all time. <laughs> um I people will look into like Spo playing, you know, forty chess and butt as, you know, Simpleton. Simpleton bud. Doesn't know anything. Yeah. Can't figure out how to coach. But I just, I don't know. I, I There's part of me where it's like, I do think that they're not going to go down lightly, certainly. But, I mean, their best players played well. Yeah. Both Jimmy and, and Bam, but it's like, they're playing a game where they're not taking as much threes, and that is the only real, like, volume-wise, that is the only way that you really dismantle the Bucks, and if they're not going to really kind of test that especially with hero down like i don't know i think i mean if we're talking about what what else the heat could do besides the threes bam has to go after brooke physically and these middies are nice and he can make them effectively but if you you got to get brooke in foul trouble i think i i just especially like usually this would be so you could score they've done a pretty good job of scoring even with brooke out there he, i don't think he's had the same paint impact but they clearly have nothing for him on the other end. And I just think if Brooks able to play his game, he had two personal fouls in this game. They don't they didn't challenge him very much. I mean, maybe his impact was better than I'm selling just because they weren't in the paint all that often. But I think they need to be a little more physical. Bam just settles for all these jumpers and he makes fifty percent and they lose his minutes by twenty points. I said it during I might, the game. Go ahead, Jordan. I, I might push back on paint impact for Brooks. I know we don't we haven't seen like crazy block numbers and all that stuff. 
the thing that makes the Heat historically really tough for the Bucks is that it's not just about ISO or one-on-one matchups and stuff like that. It's how they like they punish you going through screens. Like it, we still see it with like I thought the Bucks did a lot better. Obviously, Grayson was certainly a standout with like just Duncan Robinson to really test them, which is kind of interesting. Pat did a really good job of navigating screens. But it's just not, it's the constant off-ball move, movement that, like, if the Bucks take that away, and a lot of this is the help side defense, but, like, having someone like Brooke always stationed there in tandem with the guys just, you know, try not to let people cut, you know, you to death and all that stuff, that's where I kind of give them some slack of, like, okay, you're eliminating at least those options that the Heat, you know, will have in their arsenal. Um, even if it means that Bam is getting 20 and he's, you know, hitting mid-range shots. I'm sorry, Rohan and Adam. Um, but like that kind of stuff that like will happen that I don't know. I give him, I will give some slack to Brooke in that way. That's fair. That's a a fair distinction. Also, you saying that made me realize the Bucks basically took away all the free points Miami had in game one. They had no transition leakouts. And they really weren't able to cut the Bucks to death after they did a little bit of that in game one. So, again, it's there just like. A, there is a possession where, I can't remember what, where it was, maybe end of the first, beginning of the second. It's like they're running this five-man unit that's been out there for a while. And you see the assistant coaches, like, after a miss. It was after, it was during the second quarter, now that I think about it. They're yelling at Bobby to be like, get back up the, on the floor. And he's been on there for six minutes and just doing it all Bobby things. And it's like they made a point to not give them the easy stuff. Eliminate that from you know your repertoire. It, it really showed. If only Bud could adjust, right? Like, uh, uh, sick of this guy never adjusting. About that, I pulled some stats. I'm apparently a stat guy now. Uh, Bud playoff uh, career game one record. So this is with the Hawks and the Bucks. He's eight and eleven. And the rest of the time in the playoffs, he's forty six and thirty three. With the Bucks, his game one record is five and seven, and the rest of the time thirty eight and twenty two. I what, it's a shame. I, he, it's a shame he can't adjust. At what point is he just lulling people into a false sense of security? That's what I said. He's trying to build that underdog mentality. He's just, he's just like, oh, you know, I'm Bud. I don't know how to adjust. I'm just going to do drop defense. Just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, Spo. And then, boom. I think you guys are both on the right track, but it's more so that they just let he lets the team play how they played all regular season and just see where that gets them. He's a huge feel out game guy. I no, yes. it, it, that's 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 exactly what it's it is. exactly he's, he's re, it's what you have to do in a playoff series. It's not right. a one game thing. You have to see what yep. you learn throughout the series. You have to feel it out. You have to see what's going to work, what's not going to work and then press the right buttons. That's how it works. And Bud's really good at that. Yeah. I think sure, this, maybe, this will be this will be better in game ones, but it's just like you, t- you can't be perfect. Um, I think this will be evidenced a lot to see um, if they go back to Brook inside out sort of basketball in game three. Like if that's the case, then yeah, it's pretty clear that that's what this is, is what's happening. Yeah. Also, no- notably, not good in game ones is like the best player of all time, LeBron James. Like that was like that crazy record. LeBron is a feel out guy, game guy yeah. too. So, so well, we're, we're saying that Mike Budenholzer is the LeBron James of coaching. He's racking That's up right. some numbers. Hey, we'll see. Um, what was I going to say? It's funny that the thing that people were most pissed about, I think, in game one, outside of just the result, but coaching-wise, was 
can't let Bam have all these jumpers. And that same thing happened again, and he shot as well, and it just didn't matter at all because everything else was different. I just thought that was kind of funny. It just They, they stayed higher, though, in the beginning. Like, they stayed yeah. more attached. Yeah, I think a, a bit, for sure. But I do think, yeah. like, the they like the Bucks were not, the, the Bucks clearly did not come away from game one saying, we can't let Bam shoot mid-range jumpers. I don't no, think they that's might. Just, that's, that I would be they, just incorrect. It's ingrained in Bud DNA um, that they are willing to live with that. I got two he, more fun quotes. Oh, what do you got, Nubak? Um, of Bams, I think he made nine shots, right? Yeah, nine for 16. Five came at the rim, four came um, outside, like in the mid-range. And his most of his um, misses came uh, from the mid-range as well. They're going to give Jimmy and Bam the mid-range game the entire series, and it's going to give me acid reflux. It's going to drive me bonkers. The, the Bucks like, are up by too much in this game for me to get acid reflux. Also, I want to take. I'm taking a victory lap. I called the Jimmy two for four three point game on on the pod I did. You did, and it happened. And again, it just didn't matter. But yeah, I was like, yeah, of course he's going to have at least one of those games. He, he uh, yeah, I'll shoot thirty five percent and take ten threes all season. But then playing the Milwaukee Bucks, time to shoot forty percent over five games. It's frustrating. Okay, two more. The Ingles quotes are just insane right now. So apparently, Joe Ingles said he invented the keep ball up. We talked about this earlier on threes, the catch, keep it high, and shoot. This is Pat on Joe saying he was the first to develop the catch high, keep high. Quote Joe's like 45, so he probably did it before I did. I'm only 30. If he wants credit, the old man can have the credit. Um, they're all having some fun with that. And then. Eric Dame hilariously quote tweeting that uh, Gabe Stoltz was yeah, Stol- yeah, Stoltz uh, at Stoltz three. Gabe Stoltz had it originally. <laughs> Eric Dame quote tweeting feels like every Bucks teammate is just dying to give it back to Ingles publicly. <laughs> I love it. Um, I have an epic quote. Do we want to talk about anything before that? Anything else? Uh, let's, get, let's let's hear it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is from Brooke. Uh, I'm going to a game knowing they're without Giannis. This is from uh, Stoltz as well. Quote. We're blessed with a very deep team. Like PC, Pat Connaughton, stepping up tonight. We had multiple guys step up tonight and have big games. Everyone's ready. Everyone has the right mentality coming into the game. The mentality it takes to be a Milwaukee Buck. There's no one above anyone else. We're just out there trying to win. That's it. I love everything the Bucks. Is it, is it game about. three yet? Is it time for game three yet? I, and thankfully, they have a couple days off for Giannis's hindquarters, but... I am ready to run through a wall. I do. I mean, I feel almost feel like Rohan when we first started talking about Bucks culture. It was basically, and this is fitting. It's against the Heat. It was basically like almost. It was a counter meme. I don't know how serious it was. And in the four years we've been doing this, it's not. It's like it's totally real. It's totally a real thing. They had to dump Serge Ibaka to the recording studio because he was the one opponent to it this season. I, someone point out the lie. Um, and and I, I just think it, it keeps them together. It makes sure that they don't do something stupid and drastic after something like last year's Boston series. And it's the reason they're here. And I think the reason they're going to win another championship this season. I love it. I'm high on the Bucks. I'm very high on the Bucks right now. Very excited. How can, you not, how can you not be? How can you not get romantic about Bucks culture? Go follow all the Bucks beat reporters, but especially Stoltz. He has all of the good quotes always. He had a very long one from Pat that I'm not going to read. But even Pat knows that he's a 16-game player because uh, he talked about, you go, uh, this is like the middle part of a very long quote, but he says, 
this is the time of year where if you look back since I've been in Milwaukee, I've always tried to rise to the occasion. Like, hell yeah, he knows. So look out for Pat in games three through five and the rest of the uh, playoffs. Jordan, do we have a, a tweet of the game? Tweet of the game? I, I was there not. Was... I, I I did not look for. Uh, this there was a match. pretty interesting one earlier. There was a very interesting one that <laughs> got deleted. I'm talking about. Did it get deleted? No, he he put it back up. He fixed the typo. Oh, I thought it was just like state secrets. <laughs> um, Bud Bud can't get a handle on assistant coach Mike Dunlap. That's not happening. He's a loose cannon. It's like Chris. He had to give him some leash. Same dynamic. How about this? How about this tweet that uh, may look, or I don't know, it had foresight. Um, this is tweeted at April 18th, 5.41 p.m. It starts with a, what Adam has called a, a Dunlap staple. If you ask me, unusual idea? Hold out your two best players from practice here and there. Why? Practice without them allows others to shine and works on premise of next player up. Also, should you want, have them make practice play and have both coach for that day. Wow, that's fun. That was a good one. Did he say Giannis and Wes Matthews are the two best players on the team? (laughs) You're damn right. Did did he say that Bucks Heat is practice? Ooh. I love that it's a tied series and the Bucks lost home court and we're immediately back to like these fucking bums. (laughs) We're back. We're all the way back. back. His tweet today was one of the best we've ever seen. The the Zoom one. Read it. Read it, Dumak. Heard this today. Zoom meeting. Our team can have an a-hole, but not an ass. Point. No need to take a chance on bad character. One that has already put stink on another team. Stay true <laughs> to your values. I think that's Serge Ibaka. <laughs> Waiting for that one. There it is. Um, what's the at? Like, can we credit? Can we credit Coach here? At Coach Mike Dunlap. That's a great at for him. Verified on Twitter, by the that's way. That's strong. Oh, well, that's gone tomorrow. Uh, it's yeah. today now. Happy 420, everyone. Oh, yeah. AKA Twitter Blue Verification Removal Day. Well, and nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. In Wisconsin. Can we click? What's his What's his blue check? It says uh, this account is verified because it's subscribed to Twitter Blue or is a legacy uh, verified account. He, he's he's a lit. He's a yeah, legacy. Yeah, I, I, I believe he's funded. not paying. <laughs> it's government funded. Yeah. <laughs> it's Budenholzer funded. Do we have but any other thoughts? On the no, game? I think if we if I accidentally called Bud a Fed, it's time for us to wrap it up. <laughs> Um, two seconds. I won't even do any quotes. That the Haslam thing went through officially. I don't. Has have we talked about that on pod at all or said oh, that? Yeah, no. Um, we'll talk about it after the playoff run, man. I mean, it's relatively good news, I'd say. They, there was a Q and A today with Edens, Haslam, and some reporters, and Haslam basically reiterated like they're doing it well. Like I, I, I want to learn from them. Edens is going to do the first five years. We agree on stuff anyway. It's not like. We're going to do things drastically differently. And I think probably the most pertinent one to this conversation, asking about the tax, Haslam, quote, we're committed to winning. We talked about that early on. Eden's, quote, yeah. So I I think nothing to, I know, really strong stuff from Wes there. Um, (laughs) It's, I'm just reading this transcript. We've killed Jordan. We've killed Jordan. Eden's, quote, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Incredible. Uh, that's that's a man who's like I cannot say anything else besides because yeah. oh, he, he's on the clock. He's on the clock. If he can't he can't say anything because he's immediately going to be talked up like his, his decisions. Yeah, fact, whether they uh, pay the check or not. Oh, the only quote I care about uh, from uh, Haslam talking about this is pretty of, athletic, by the way. At least mine is. Yeah, from from Eric Dame. Uh, these guys have done a hell of a job, so we're going to be quiet and listen and learn. And, and if we can help down the road, that's great. Good. Be hands Eden's, off, my guy. Eden's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan Tresky quote, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the question was, sir, this is your hand. Is this your hand? <laughs> It's way too late. I'm getting yeah. goofy. I can already tell. Somebody hit the Rohan <laughs> outro button. Unless he's got a rant in him. Who knows? No, I'm good. What is there to rant about? I don't know. It's, it's good times, good basketball. Uh, it's, 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 it's just good vibes all around. So with that, we'll wrap this up. Say thank you for listening to this GSPN crossover. Uh, make sure you subscribe to this feed and Talk of the Thunder and Cruising for Bruising and make time for this. All links are at gspn.info, but make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this podcast platform of choice or watching this on YouTube. Make sure you leave a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, check out uh, gspn.info, like I mentioned earlier, for all our links, including all the pods, merch, Substack, Discord, playback. All our links are up there. Pod random, and we will talk to you next time.